Welcome to Hallmark Hollow Shay. <laughs> my name is Shay. This is my friend Elena. We've done it again. We watched a Hallmark <sighs> movie? Janet, my hopes were so high. Uh, I'm very depressed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we just na, watched. Na, na, na. You know, I like the depressing Christmas song. I like set the tone. Okay. <laughs> I like that song. Yeah, but it's like sad. It's like the sad Christmas. It's. I don't know. Have some more wine. I will. <laughs> All right. We watched. Yeah, what was it called? Christmas Everlasting. Christmas Everlasting. I kind of wanted it to end. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did last forever. Yeah. Uh, I'll summarize the plot in 30 seconds. Everybody's a big jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tatiana Ali. Which. Love her. And. Loved her my whole life. (laughs) Yes. But this is Hallmark's first black leads in a Christmas movie. Yes. She's been in something. She has been in another... Because was she in one last year where she was like a department store lady? As the lead? I don't know. I can't remember, but I know I've seen her like in a Hallmark movie. Maybe it wasn't a Christmas one. Okay. Yeah, I'll look it up. <clears throat> that was the article, right? Like Hallmark's first black leads and they've got two, but one's going to be on Movies and Mysteries. Well, there's another one called Majestic Christmas, which is coming out maybe this weekend that also has two black leads. Right, so they it's have about two. about a theater. But I know it's on regular Hallmark. Oh, okay. Not so there were two on regular Hallmark and then one on. But this season was exciting because it had this, like, n- new diversity mm-hmm. element that we've been waiting for. For um, a year. Well, I feel like my whole life. <laughs> but definitely vocally in the podcast. Yeah. Since we've started podcasting for yeah. a year. Um, oh, yeah. She was in Wrapped Up in Christmas last year, but um, the male lead was white. Okay. Um, so this was, we should say, this was a Hallmark Hall of Fame production. Can you believe that? Which I think is sort of a different vibe. Like last year, Christmas Train was Hall of Fame. And that was also like, hey, let's bring in some drama. I, during this movie, was thinking, I really wish that they had flipped the casts. And this cast was in Christmas Train. And Kimberly Paisley, country star, was in this one. With Dermot Mulroney? Yeah. Because I think it's... This was set in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Which is white AF. <laughs> sure is. It sure is. And it felt like the culture that they were celebrating was super Wisconsin. Yeah. 
So it was a lot of quilting <laughs> and gingerbread and Kringles. Uh huh. They they celebrated so much Wisconsin <laughs> culture. Ice fishing for shame. Nothing against Wisconsin, but you really, you really missed the ball on celebrating the diversity in this film. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead and talk while I drink. (laughs) So the plot of the movie is that Tatiana Lee is a New York City lawyer. And right before Christmas, her older sister passes away. Oh, man. Was that a kick in this? It sure was. Now, what we know about her older sister at the beginning of the movie... Buckle up. ...is is that uh, she... Had she was in a car accident in college, and like it's always vague. Tatiana Ali's words are like, and now she has some struggles. Like now she disability. She has some problems, and she's like, but she comes to the city every year and goes to the Nutcracker with me. So, and then. <clears throat> like later it's mentioned that like she can't play the violin anymore and she can't she has trouble buttoning a shirt. Right. So, and you never see the sister except in photos. And but she lives by herself in yeah. a house with stairs. Yeah. And can travel by herself. And like volunteers at a lot of places. Yes. So, and she organized a petition. Yeah. In town. So, she might just have some like have some loss of function, but is very. She's still independent. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like she didn't go back to college. Her her disability is very vague, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I actually liked that. It felt the most respectful. Like yeah. it's not the big deal. Yeah. Of what she's dealing with. Um, but. So she unfortunately passes away right before Christmas. So Tatiana Ali goes to her hometown for the funeral and then inherits the house. But there's a clause that says she has to stay there for a month before she can sell it. So she stays in town for a month and essentially learns that her sister had led this like rich, full life of love that she didn't know about. And it's like she had basically underestimated her sister and didn't realize like, Oh God. I don't even know if that's fair. Cause I felt like she always appreciated her sister. I think she took on too much guilt that she had ruined her life. Yeah. That she couldn't be happy because she wasn't going on to be a vet. Yeah. There, yeah, there was a line where somebody was like, uh, she always talked about all the things you did for her. And she mm-hmm. was like for her, but not with her. Mm-hmm. So she definitely, yeah, like had a lot of guilt. Because the, the sister was in a car accident going to pick up Tatiana Ali from her boyfriend's house. Yeah. So she blames herself because she's the reason she was in the car. Even though I would blame Wisconsin in the winter. Oh, definitely. Um... Wisconsin's the real villain in this movie. Yeah. Never forget Scott Walker. Mm. Um, so it's just real sad. And there was sad music playing the whole time. And she kind of, oh my God, 
gosh, she comes home at the funeral or like the visitation. Mm-hmm. She meets all of her <laughs> sister's friends. Oh my gosh. Who are so mean to her. This, this was the most bonkers friend group that I've ever seen in a Hallmark movie. Yeah. And that's saying something. I know. And female friendship is so rarely portrayed except in a way to deliver plot detail Mm -hmm. that having a, like a group of four women who are friends who hang out all the time could have been really nice. And parts of it were, but this (laughs) crone Brenda starts in on Lucy Immediately. Immediately. And they, the way that they even show up feels... And granted, they're all wearing dark clothes because it's a funeral. But it feels like she turns around to a coven. Like, there is this yeah. creep factor. And it's like, what do they do? Yeah. They may have cast many spells on the table. <clears throat> yeah. And they also are never, like... One of them mentions their husband at one point, and another is pregnant and has children, but they don't ever talk about their other life, their real lives, and they, besides hanging out with each other all the time. And they literally have the name FOA, which is? Friends of Alice. Which is the sister, Alice. Yeah. So their name, they've named their group FOA, Friends of Alice, and that is literally their defining character of this group. Oh. It's exhausting. And then Brenda, mm. when she meets Lucy. Oh, Janet. Is like. Tell the people. <laughs> tell them what she did. She, and Lucy's like, oh, I, were you friends with Alice? That's so nice of you. And she's like, someone had to be. And she's like, Lucy never. Let's act this out, please. Alice never mentioned you. She's like, well. Maybe you didn't call enough. It Like, at a funeral, yelling at the dead woman's sister. She did not handle grief well. Mm. But also, that just might have been her. She was so mean. She was so mean. She was supposed to be... It was very obviously based on a book, because the characters like were these types that you could tell were were like could have were supposed to be more fleshed out. You needed an inner monologue. Yeah, like they that. had these tight like there was the sort of dumb one. <laughs> yeah. And then very, like the very yeah. warm, nurturing pregnant one, one, pregnant one. And then the tough as nails. The real Rachel Lind of the group. Uh not Rachel Lind. Because Rachel Lind is like endearing and this one woman was not endearing yeah she was like so and she was so obsessed mean. with her job at a coffee shop yes because <laughs> there was like a developer that was coming in that was going to take out this general store coffee shop in town mchenry's and then she's like i'm gonna be without a job but let's be real all three of these women have other jobs selling leggings and health shakes to their friends on social media. <laughs> they all do. Yeah. <laughs> so she can still fall back on that. Also, just get another waitressing job, woman. Mm-hmm. Wait, we're not fans of her. 
Because she was so mean. <laughs> she was so to mean. To a grieving, grieving Yeah. Woman. And it's like, no matter how well you knew Alice, and you you don't know that relationship, oh it gives you gosh. no right to yell at the woman's sister. I can't imagine. <clears throat> I can't imagine. And Lucy <clears throat> takes it all. And is like, oh, okay, thanks for stopping by. And then it's like, at no point does she ever push back on this, like, treatment from Brenda. Which made me a little mad, but. Yeah, she deserved to be angry. And and it said that wasn't portrayed. Because it would have been honest and real and very warranted. Yeah. There (laughs) was one funny moment at the beginning where uh, Lucy's still in New York and her assistant slash friend mm-hmm. is um, asking about her family and she's like, oh yeah, you've got classic little sister syndrome. And Lucy goes, what do you mean? And the woman goes, Luce. And she was saying that as short for Lucy. But for a minute, I thought she was being like, you're Luce. Such a hussy. <laughs> You're a little slutty. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the only funny moment of the movie, and it was an accident. Uh, There was a moment where um, Lucy is ice skating with her old boyfriend, Uh and this little kid skates up and was like, Ooh, Mr. Swinson! (laughs) And then it cuts to Lucy, and her eyes are like, yeah, it, they're not even like, oh, kid. She's like, <laughs> She's like, shut it, shut it, kid. I'm gonna push you. <laughs> Do not make this weird for me. We had a small I'm just de- randomly holding hands with this guy that I just yeah, bumped yeah. into. You don't make this weird, kid. We had a small debate about this because she goes to see Peter, her old boyfriend, at his law office, mm-hmm. and his secretary, who's a hoot. Is like, oh, you obviously don't know Peter. It's 1230 on Wednesday. There's only one place he's going to be. At the rink. So she has to go. It was like 315. There's only one place he can be. And Janet goes, at the bar. And I loved it. And this, uh, coming back to that, there, uh, there was, this is one of many times where, She's trying to find Peter, and he's, like, off on a very personal errand, and she just goes there. Yeah. It's like, at no point could she, was she ever like, all right, tell him I was looking, tell him to call me. <laughs> like, when he's at the ice skating rink, she goes. When mm-hmm. he is ice fishing, she goes yep. and finds his ice fishing Girl, hut on the ice. <laughs> she walks across yeah. ice. It's like, yeah, he'll call you later. Yeah, leave him a message on his cell phone. Yeah. There was, yeah. So anyway, she goes to the ice skating rink and she was like, hey, I need to ask you something. I don't even know what it was. And he was like, all right, but we're going to have to talk about it on the ice because I'm in the middle of class, which again, he could have just been like, wait here for 20 minutes right. while I finish this commitment that I have. But instead, she has to put on ice skates and then they're skating around holding hands. Which makes him a terrible instructor. But you don't have to hold hands just because you're on the ice. I mean, apparently... Two people can just skate. (laughs) 
It was so weird. <laughs> hey, remember that one movie where Candace Cameron played the two twins? Uh-huh. And then it ended with ice skating, but you could tell they were just walking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was backwards holding her they, hands. Yeah. And their, their whole body language was like, let's just shuffle. You're just shuffling, like... Socks on a tile floor. Oh my gosh. Look, don't look down. That so <laughs> this did better on the ice skating. They but were you're right. They on... don't have to hold hands. No. That being said, and it was oh so weird. When they were looking for the cat under the bed, that seemed weirder <laughs> to me. Cause a bed is how long? Four Eight feet. feet. Oh. What? I mean on the <laughs> at the foot. <laughs> I thought it was the long side. Oh, I don't know. Regardless, they put their heads down to look under the bed, and they're like cheek to cheek. <laughs> and I, I, this okay. just seemed so uncomfortable to me. Yeah. Like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm trying to find this cat. Come here. Squish. Let's put our faces <laughs> together while we look under. What? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so I found that the more bizarre, like, this intimate space issue (laughs) does not match. Although, the other funny thing about that scene was then she sees a notebook under the bed. Maybe that's later. (laughs) It's later. She's looking, because she's always looking for this cat. And she sees a notebook, and it's like, oh, there's a notebook under that. And then as she pulls it out, you realize it's like a large sketchbook. So, so, so it had been like this weird optical illusion. Growing. It reminded me of the OC. Oh. When Summer finds Seth's sketchbook under his bed. And then I was like, man, I wish I was watching the OC. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Great episode. Oh, yeah. Never really um, got into that show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Love it. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I. Oh, it's not, I don't even know what else I wrote down. So oh, I they wrote down had, they had a lot of these, like, Alice has a secret mm-hmm. that they're trying to build the entire movie. Um, and there's so many things I want to talk about at one time. The emotional tone we have to touch on. Okay. So I'm totally abandoning what I had already started. But okay. the emotional tone of this movie is Sort of like off. this movie and all of its yeah, characters. Yeah, just, just follow me over here now. Um, the emotional tone is really off because you know... She's like talking on the phone with her sister right when we first meet her. Mm-hmm. This relationship is an important part of her life, even if she doesn't live in the same town as her sister. Mm-hmm. She shows up. To the house and has these like little memory flashbacks of them being kids. Mm-hmm. But at no point is she like crying or weeping or like connecting to this deep sorrow. Yeah. Even when she sees her uncle Barney. And the last time she was in that house was for her parents' funeral 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. She's so chill. Yeah, the the tone is very weird because, yeah, they're never... It's like they skip 
like two months into grief Mm -hmm. where they're just kind of like very subdued, very just kind of like, I don't have a lot of emotional energy for any conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I look very long at everything. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because it's like, okay, we can't have this movie be about a sudden death in the family. Like there, there that's have what to be it's about. all these other plots. And so we're not going to like dive too deep into the grief. Well, but it was just kind of like, yeah, it just made you just the whole time be like, what's happening. And clearly when her ex, her handsome lawyer, ex-boyfriend shows up, you know, they're getting back together, but I'm like, how is this going to work with them? Like reconnecting and presumably having cutie moments. Well, she's, while she's, Dealing with her sister's estate and getting shaded by all of her sister's weird friends. Oh, she had so much to deal with. This woman. Oh. Poor. I felt terrible for her. Yeah. Uncle Barney just sort of bopped in and out. was not a real presence. Uncle Barney, played by President David Palmer. I would have loved more of him. He's the best. Yeah. Also, I would have loved more Patti LaBelle. Yeah. Would have loved if she sang. <laughs> Why do you have Patty LaBelle in this movie? Just to have serve an a ugly, turkey, have an ugly sweater party, and awkwardly deliver six lines of dialogue. Very awkwardly. Have her sing at the Christmas tree lighting. Have her sing at the memorial service. Have her hum while she bakes. Have her have her hum while she Anything. bakes. Anything. Have her sing a prayer <coughs> at the final dinner at the end. That, yeah. like, leads the, like, let even, Patty sing. There's a, there's a song scene. Like, when they're, when they're at the Christmas tree lighting, they all stand around and sing a full song. And Janet, who's the only person in this movie not there? Patty LaBelle. Why would we have Patty LaBelle in this singing scene? <laughs> I need more wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Hallmark... We had such high hopes. I don't know what to say. And Tom. Let's talk about Tom. This is like a weird little one-off little dude character. Who's Tom? You don't even know who I'm talking about. Let me tell you who he is. It's her boss. Oh, yeah. She makes partner like the day before... Like, literally seconds before she finds out... At the Christmas party. ...that her sister has passed away. Where all promotions happen. Right. Her boss is like, hey, can I speak to you for a minute? And, like, takes her away, which felt creepy to me. Don't go. Don't go. Yeah. This is... No. Make an appointment. Talk to me, like, (laughs) during business hours. All of this felt very odd. And then he's like, so... We'd like you to be partner. Offers her partner at the party in a secluded space. And then she's like, oh, thanks, Mr. Feeney. And he goes, please call me Tom. If you aren't at the point where you call him Tom yet, this is all a super weird interaction. Then when she flies home to deal with everything, she has to talk with him on the phone And she keeps hanging up on him. And he's like, hey, when are you going to come back? And she's like, Tom, gotta go. Gotta go, Tom. And then just keeps hanging up. And I was like, man, the minute he gave her the Tom card, 
she like never respected him again. Yeah. This is like such a weird boss relationship. <laughs> but um And she kept hanging up to feed a cat. Yeah. Tom well, it's Tom something came up. Tom gotta go. It's cause she always like has lawyer ideas while she's on yeah. the phone with him and she's like, bye. And then, yeah, because something... Feeds a cat immediately. Well, they were... So she's trying to save McHenry's, and something he says to her gives her an idea Mm -hmm. while she's opening cat food. And she's like, Tom, gotta go. So then she puts (laughs) the cat food on the floor. (laughs) And when Mr. Frickles goes, she's like, all right, enjoy your lunch. I've gotta go. Or something. Just, I've got an errand. <laughs> and it just was like, oh, she's going to go kill like, somebody. The cat doesn't care where you're going. <laughs> and she said it so like, look out, world. Mama's got, got an, an errand. errand. <laughs> Mama's got an errand. <laughs> Mama's got to go lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <sighs> There, she was bad at a lot of things. She was bad at feeding a cat. When she, like, opened the cat food, and when she was first trying to, like, lure the cat out from under the bed, so she's, like, shoving the cat food farther and farther under the bed. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, girl. You keep that cat food with you mm-hmm. out in the open, and you let the cat come to you. You moron. Also, <laughs> no wonder the cat thinks you're a bunch of trash. Whoa! Um, they, there was a quilting montage that I <sighs> had real problems with. Yeah, let's get into it. What phase of quilting are you at, ladies? You're still cutting out pieces, but half the quilt is already stitched. Yeah, you gotta cut. I don't, I've never made a quilt. I'm guessing you cut out those pieces, you lay it out. You sure do. Yeah. You sure cut out every piece. Yes, yeah, that's just what I would do, and I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> There's you don't still improvise. <laughs> There's quilt. <laughs> you don't like cut out two pieces, sew them together, bat them, mm-hmm. stitch them, and then be like, "All right, next piece." <laughs> no wonder you have to make a quilt every year. You're really bad at it. <laughs> These are all practice quilts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't appreciate it. So, and I'm like, what? Why don't you all just sitting around a quilt frame with your stitching? That would have been adorable. Yeah, like they made this big deal out quilt of quilt frames or those hoops. Um, sort of, but they're like you can sit around them, like okay. an Amish quilting bee. Okay, yeah, you got sure. a whole big quilt, like a bed size quilt mm-hmm. in a frame. Um, I lost my train of thought. I apologize. That's okay. Oh, they're cutting out quilt pieces with a little rotary cutter. Yeah. And making it look real hard. <laughs> like, there's a big learning curve. They're going that very slow. Lucy is, like, getting the hand. She's like, ooh, ooh. And it's like, nope, that's a, that's a scissor. Just cut. It's not, like, a quilt <laughs> skill that she's learning. <laughs> quilt skill. It's like, you're just... It's a pizza slicer for fabric. Well, let's talk about quilt skills for a second. All right. Because I'm thinking there's a lot of manual dexterity. So perhaps a woman who can't button a shirt would, yeah, might have a difficult there's time. There's no way she quilting. I mean, I thought about this a lot. Yeah, she can't. That's a that's a really bad hobby. 
There are lots mm-hmm. of crafts you can do if you don't have great motor skills. Quilting is like the worst one because yeah. it's tiny, tiny stitches and it's very exact. It's very, very precise. Yeah, it's so like you could, you could do, there's things you could do. And I was like, maybe they, you know, there are ways that she would help them. Maybe she has the cutting. Or something. Or the laying out. Mm-hmm. Or the picking of the colors. Or like, because if it's a patchwork and you get to pick like mm-hmm. the arrangement. Maybe she puts out the cookies. <laughs> she you can still be a part of community even if you can't pour the do everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, Mulan. Okay. So yeah, yeah that, there are still ways that, that she can was, be connected. Yeah. But they're... However, however, if they wanted to make her feel connected, don't quilt. Choose something that she can yeah. do. But it's also interesting because she has 16 quilts. Uh-huh. So they're saying, like, even without this group, she is constantly quilting. Or something. Which is, honestly, there are numerous things. I love a good YouTube video where someone does something that I don't know that they're capable of doing. Like, please prove me wrong. But then I actually want the video of her proving me wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is that is a triumphant hero's journey that we kind of miss out on. Yeah. So it just makes it unbelievable. If but. you can quilt, you could probably play that violin. Oh, I want that for her. She loved it. Oh, jeez. I don't know, man. I don't know. So the movie, and then she, everything happened. Where are we? They save McHenry. She gets back to Peter. She decides to move home. They, oh, and oh, there's a secret. There's a secret daughter. <laughs> yeah. So she's been making these quilts for a secret daughter. Yeah. Who she gave birth to. Secretly. Right before the accident. And I, so it, it must have been that she gave her daughter up for adoption even before the accident. Right. Um, and she was trying to tell Lucy about it when they were home again, yeah. like right before the accident. But I wonder why she still didn't want to tell her after the accident. Yeah, especially because I know one of the reasons they said was that she didn't want her parents to know. But their parents have now passed away. passed away quite some time ago. Ten years ago. So I don't understand why she never would have told Lucy. Yeah. And her daughter's not in the will. Very odd. It was very odd. But it, so... A lot she, of questions there. Yeah. So she figures out through the quilts that <clears throat> she had to see her daughter. And then they meet... And that, I mean, that part was really sweet. And the girl who played the daughter was really wonderful. Stunning. Um, and then it was like, Lucy. the cutest little snowflake sweater. Lucy got a little family back. Yeah. And she told her all about her mom. It was nice. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I got for you. Okay. So should we shame and fame? Sure. It's shame and fame, and I hailed. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna give Hall of Fame, okay, to some of the decor that happened in this 
movie. I love the entryway table that looks like just like a slice of a tree on legs. I love a good slice of a tree table. Also, at the very end, when she's like standing in this like garland archway and the tree is behind her, there's a quilt on the couch and there's like the Christmas dinner in front of her. There's like gorgeous Christmas decor. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's one piece of decor that confuses me. Okay. Which is this magic covered bridge. Oh, which yeah. And when she first drives <clears throat> in, it's like it's on the state line. It's yeah. like, welcome to Wisconsin, tiny little covered bridge onto <laughs> private property. Um, and then when she's having this like emotional moment in the covered bridge with Peter, the bro she's gonna, she used to date and is now gonna date again. There's a stunning chandelier <laughs> yeah. in this covered bridge. Yeah. Um, and I love that for like, wedding photos but I'm, I'm very confused what it's doing in there yeah who flips that switch in the middle of the night how is it powered how is it powered is it on all the time is it there all year or do they just bring it out for very frigid weather <laughs> and romantic conversations right so I love it I don't understand it but I love it <laughs> So that was your fame? <laughs> um, so my fame are the decorations, including oh, okay. this one that confuses me a bit, but I still am kind of on board, but I also have questions. So, decor. Okay. You? Fame? My Hall of Fame. Um, I'm going to give it to President David Palmer. Love him. Just because it was great to see him. It's been a while. It's been so long. There was a month or six of my life when all I did was watch 24. Every second of my free time was devoted to 24. So it was 24, 24, 7? <laughs> well, I did have a job. Okay. But this was before streaming. So I would... Like, buy a season of 24 on eBay. Oh, my goodness. Watch it. And while I was watching it, buy the next season. And then when I would finish one season, sell it on eBay. Watch the next one and then be buying. It was like I just had an eBay revolving door of 24 DVDs. That is so brilliant. (laughs) And um, I I was working in a bookstore and, like, I would get to work in the morning and my coworkers would just be like, Janet, um, how late were you up last night watching 24? I'm like, 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I had some rough nights. Oh, my gosh. And because, I mean, obviously there are 24 episodes in every season. And I'd be like, yeah, I've got, like, 10 episodes left. They're like, so you're going to finish it. I'm like, no. And they're like, Janet, you will finish it tonight. You've done it before. You're going to do it again. It's like, you're right. Oh and I, gosh. like... Man, I was a young buck. <laughs> I Who did, needs sleep? I did that for weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. And yeah. I w- we weren't allowed to have food on the floor. Um, like, Why would you want it on the floor? Well, like on the sales floor. Gotcha. 
Um, we were so they were like, but no picnics I, in the bookstore. <laughs> I had I hid so much food in that store. You hid it? Yeah, I'd be like, guys, there's a bag of Oreos in self help. <laughs> Find, find the right book. Did you hollow out books? No, but I'd like stick it behind books that never sold or like. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I, would, I had all my coffee hiding spots. I was a real rebel. Sounds like it. So, anyway, that's my Hall of Fame, David Palmer. Were you 24? I know I was 25. Oddly enough, I, I had like a, could have just said yes to that one, Janet. <laughs> I know. Man, very wow, way to audit that well, number. It's weird because I, when I turned 24, I had a Jack Bauer themed birthday party, even though I had never seen 24. <laughs> I was like, this is funny, right? This is a thing. I love it. And that. then like a year later, I became obsessed with 24. And I was like, well, now I'm glad I had that birthday party because I love but it. But were you like, I missed out on so many things I could have yeah. done? Yeah. I was like, now yeah. I know how to throw a 24th themed birthday that I didn't before. Well, you can my throw my ring, 24th. My ringtone <laughs> was the CTU ringtone from the first season of 24. I've got an idea. You can have a 24th themed party for your 42nd. Oh. I thought you were going to say 48. But yeah. Drop that. Why? Oh, it's double 24. Times. I see. Two times, two times. <laughs> Lauren Hill. <laughs> so my Hall of Shame. Is everybody's Hall of Shame. It's, well, I have a different one. Oh. At the very beginning of the movie, uh, when there, she's still in New York, her assistant slash best friend is like, oh, the courier. You just got a package from a courier. Mm-hmm. She's like, what is it? And she's like, oh, it's my tickets to the Nutcracker that mm-hmm. I'm going to next week. Why do you have those tickets couriered? <laughs> it's called Will Call. <laughs> Print them out. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you can't print them, the thing's in a week. Janet, this... It's petty compared to the real <laughs> Hall of Shame, and you know it. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> You're going to... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. This is what friends do. <laughs> Got that, FOA? <laughs> Got that? If you die tragically, I'm going to be so nice to your siblings. <laughs> you said that so meanly. <laughs> Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, what, what will you say at my eulogy? In my eulogy, <laughs> Janet? I'm just going to play a highlight reel of our podcast. <laughs> Be like, well, I think what Elena would want right now. Just to let you know all the things that really is just ticked her off. To listen to a homework. super cut of all of her Hall of Shames. Please play the one where you laugh so hard you pee. <laughs> <I will. laughs> Repeatedly. Um... <clears throat> I guess we should play that at yours. Yeah. Yeah. Play the video of me sledding. Okay. I don't know what that means, but I'll find it. Oh. The video of you sledding? Yeah, from last week at Thanksgiving. We'll watch it as soon as we're done. (laughs) Great. (laughs) And then I'll email it to you so you can... Played at my funeral. So confused. Okay. Um, so definitely hands Facebook. down. I think you liked it. No. Okay. I didn't. I, I hate sledding. 
I'm kidding. I'm just trying to joke about how I wouldn't have liked it, but it's because I didn't see it. Terrible Hallmark heroine. If it turns out I liked it, that'll be very confusing. Okay. So there's a major, major shame moment that happens in this movie, which is at the end, the coven of terrible meanie heads. Which, actually, one of them is terribly mean. Yeah. But she really ruins it for the rest yeah. of them. And they shouldn't condone her behavior. No! Oh, they need to call her out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh! So, at the end, they've, like, met Maeve, the daughter, um, and they kind of all gather around Lucy, who they've now quilted with. And one of them says, I think it's time to change our name from FOA to FOL. And the dumb one goes, Friends of Lucy! Which, oh my gosh, if I have passed away and you hang out with my sisters, who are wonderful, if you hang out with them, you craft a little bit, and then you're like, we've decided we're your friends now. Forget Elena. <laughs> well, it's been... The traditional 10 days of grief. We're moving on to the next sister. (laughs) Burn your black dresses, ladies. Janet's here. (laughs) It is so so horrifying to the memory of Alice. What are you thinking? And also, why aren't you just friends of each other? That's like, a good question. There doesn't have to be a, like, beneficiary. <laughs> Just be a group of friends. I I will say it makes sense if Alice is the one that introduced them all, and it was, like, a joke at the beginning. Yeah. But it's never explained. So in my head, I can try to come up with some sort of world where this started out... Like, yeah. oh, I'm a friend of Alice. Oh, well, me too. And then, like, see, that's oh, that's the thing is, like, I wondered if it was, like, they helped her because yeah. she did live alone and had disabilities. So it maybe they were like her that. support system. But that's never, like, spelled out. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't make sense why then they would switch that to the, her able-bodied lawyer sister. No, it's super weird. It was so... <clears throat> and... and- Oh. If what you're trying to do is say, we are now your friends as well, then you, like, initiate her into yeah. FOA. You don't drop the yeah. A for the L. You get to be an FOA. Or, like, we we got you a present. It's a rotary cutter for your quilting. You're one of us now. There you go. Yeah. That's a nice moment. Janet, I have a request. <laughs> the last line of the eulogy you write for me is, and I will never be friends with her sisters. <laughs> <laughs> they will be confused. I will laugh hilariously wherever I am. And then I'll high five your coffin. <laughs> Chin it out. Chug my wine. <laughs> And you'll become full circle the 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 bitch of the funeral <laughs> that you hated in this movie. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I promise. Thank you. Great. <laughs> That's friendship. Um. <laughs> all right. It's time for this episode's funeral. 
Mama, mama, mama. <laughs> I love that.